0: This time on episode 298 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we'll be discussing Runaways, season 2, episode 6, Bury Another, and season 2, episode 7, Last Rights," and the weekly Marvel news.
1: I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and Opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com.
2: You have been granted clearance by Director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director.
1: Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP.
2: I'm Agent
3: Haley. And I'm Agent Michelle.
1: Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, August 25th, 2019, live. Audio only from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast galactic-wide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Ladies, happy National Banana Split Day. I
0: feel like we already had a banana split day. Am I just remembering things? We had an
3: ice cream day.
1: Ice cream pie.
3: Okay. And regular ice cream. And I don't like some other, but it's ice cream. Oh, maybe like a hot fudge Sunday day. Yes. Whenever there's ice cream, we should just celebrate it because it's ice cream. Okay.
1: I'm all for that. So that's why I chose today to be Happy National Banana Split Day. Although, when's the last time you had a banana split, Haley? It's been a while. Michelle?
3: Over a year.
1: Probably been over 10 years for me.
0: Not that long, but it's been a while.
1: Mostly it's a Dairy Queen that you get a banana split, or at least for me. And there's just not one really close by. There's a few miles down the road, but not one right there.
0: I think Sonic has one, don't they?
1: they do i think
0: so they used to at least
1: i don't go to sonic i should Mm. but there's one close oh i should try that out well listener if you have a favorite place to get a banana split please let us know in the meantime we're going to move on with the show legends of shield as a fan-based podcast on the abc television show marvel's agents of shield the multiple marvel small screen series more about that later in the news section and the marvel cinematic and comic book universes in general
3: because of not having any Turkish towels. If you'd like to talk to us about your lack
0: of Turkish towels, you can
3: visit our website, legendsofshield.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail describing your favorite towel, our number is 844-THE-BUS-1. That's eight four four eight four three two eight seven one. You can find our Facebook page, Legends of Shield Podcast. We're on Twitter, at Legends
0: of Shield. You can find our YouTube videos, not this week, but most weeks, at
3: youtube.com slash gunageek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. And you can join our Discord server chat at gunageek.com slash discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunageek.com network.
1: Agent Lauren is not with us again this week. If you want to send her a quick note, please do so. She is sorely missing the podcast, and we hope to have her back next time we record, which, by the way, is in two weeks. If you're catching this live, it'll be two weeks from today will be our next show. But make sure you send Lauren a message saying how much you miss her. I know she will appreciate that. Now it's time to get into the runaways. As was mentioned at the top of the show, we're reviewing two episodes of The Runaways from season two this week. Barry, another was the first. Michelle, who was the creative team behind it?
3: This episode was directed by Amy cannon Mann, who has 21 directing credits starting in 2001, including one Friday Night Lights, one of The Blacklist, one Queen of the South, one Power, one Runaways, one Deadly Class, and two Cloak and Dagger. It was written by Ashley Wigfield, has four writing credits starting 2017, including one episode of Jean-Claude Van Johnson, one of Great News, and two Runaways.
1: I'm all for any creative team that includes somebody from Friday Night Lights. What a great five seasons that was. (laughs) Haley, the second episode that we're covering from The Runaways is Last Rights. Who was the creative team behind that?
0: Well, the director was James Madigan. He has three directing credits starting in 2018. Those credits are two Medal of Honor and one of Runaways. And it was written by Quentin Peoples, who has 17 writing credits starting in 1993. Those credits include four episodes of Flash Forward, one of The Last Ship, two of Iron Fist, one of Inhumans, and four of Runaways.
1: Michelle, who was the Marvel Comics Runaways based off of?
3: Oh, the comics by Brian K. Vaughn and Adrian Alfano.
1: All right. Well, Quentin Peoples, by the way. He is definitely getting around. Flash forward, the last ship, Iron Fist, which uh, I think he did his best there. And same with Inhumans. But he's coming back strong with Runaways. So really looking forward to talking about that last rights episode. We're just going to smush both episodes together, though. That's how we do things as we're rapidly trying to get through all this great content that Marvel is pumping out on the small screen. And the first thing that we're going to talk about, and probably the last thing that we're going to talk about, is Jonah. First of all, Jonah lies. Everything he says is a lie, including earthquakes. This should not be a surprise. It is not, but he actually admitted to lying in this episode.
3: Well, he sees it as his last night, and it's almost like he can just like flip the bird to all of them and be like, I gave you everything. I picked you because of what you could do, or what you could give me. Who cares about the money? And, oh, by the way, Wilders, I don't need you anymore. You're trash. Um, I brought you Robert. He's alive because I need him for something. But who cares anyway? You know, I'm like, peace out. That's what he's thinking. He's just thinking, you know, mic drop.
1: He pretty much established the mic drop, too. We'll talk about that later. But you brought up something, and I want to throw this over to Haley. Robert's not dead. You were thinking he was dead last week.
0: Yeah, I feel like they need to kill off one of the parents. But they haven't done that yet.
1: They tried twice in this episode.
0: <laughs> I know they keep fake killing all these parents. It seems like one of them should die at some point to, you know, give the show a little bit of jeopardy. I kind of thought at the end of the last episode they might kill Nico as well, but they didn't.
1: Oh, that would That
0: would have been super mad.
1: Yeah, that would have been a harsh one to go through. But Jeffrey, I did not equate when Jonah came after Jeffrey that he was trying to get him into the boxes. I thought he was just taking care of loose ends.
3: Well, that's just it. He saw the Wilders as disposable. And, hey, I said you couldn't do anything, but you know what? I changed my mind. You can do something. You can die so I can live. And and he was told to go find his own sacrifice. He was. He doesn't he know where they are. He knows where the pride members are.
1: And more importantly, he knows that Jeffrey, who he doesn't need, is very strong and has uh, iron iron. Constitution, that sort of thing he's he's a very strong willed person and has a lot of strength in his body so he manages to mostly cure himself without taking out jeffrey which i think is a testament to how strong jeffrey really is i'm not just talking about muscular although he is strong that way but it is his entire being his will his uh street drive and i think that was why that Jonah was going to go after him because he wanted that last boost.
0: I have a couple thoughts about this. First of all, I feel like maybe there will be some sort of lasting effects on Jeffrey because he's been through this process. But also, I feel like if the person who's being sacrificed, Cody Fingers, doesn't have to die for them to revive Jonah, then why doesn't the church just have some sort of like ceremony where every member of the church gets in the box for five minutes as like part of some mystical right and that's what recharges Jonah instead of having to deal with like finding people to sacrifice and kill and cover up dead bodies
1: it's definitely a way to go about it however it exposes more people to the routine which might lead to somebody finding out exactly what's going on
3: yeah but who cares if nobody's dying you know what Haley I actually didn't think about that until now and I think you' you got a point because remember at the beginning of one of the episodes where they have the girl do that ceremony and she just stands on this platform and it lights up and people think there's a miracle because carolina is doing her her light show and they're just sitting around and watching that they're already bought into i mean they've they've drunk the kool-aid everybody who's there is just like Ooh, talk about the light. Oh, I'm wearing this bracelet. Ooh, I have to go into this box. And and they don't, ha- the box could be in a room with just like Leslie in it. And, and a- apparently seeing Leslie is just, you know, like this awe-inspiring, I've been blessed moment. Or they're already sending people out into the desert to
0: get in a sweat lodge or something. Like, just have it be something like that. Only, you know, part of your energy is being transferred to Jonah. I think they're really bad at running a cult. That's my point. I could do it better.
1: You heard it here first. (laughs) Our benevolent dictator, Haley. (laughs) Well, we not only have Jonah trying to knock people off, but the kids have issues going on on their own. More importantly, you have relationship issues. You have Chase and Gertz on again, off again, and then you have maybe a catastrophic relationship with Carolina and Nico. Uh, Let's start with Chase and Gert, because we know that Gert needed her medication in the discussion. We'll just call it a discussion in the discussion with Chase in the roles as they got back into the mansion. Chase mentioned to Gert that she didn't need to do it on her own, at which she went, oh, I didn't think about that. And Chase's words, I think, hurt her, but she didn't rebuff him that she was being selfish. Is Gert being selfish with what she did? I mean, yes. Okay.
0: It doesn't mean she didn't have a good reason to be selfish, but it doesn't change the fact that it was selfish and she could have gone about it in a different way.
1: Okay. I tend to think that way. But Michelle, do you have an alternate opinion?
3: Considering, I mean, yes, I have anxiety and I've been off meds, but I've been able to like fake it when people, you know, have been around me, but they haven't been around me that close you've got people in that house who are really on top you know they're tight and they're talking about e- you know each other and they're always checking in on each other and and they knew Molly was sneaking around and going out and, and everything and people and people were asking Gert and even though yes she's on her off her meds and she's not thinking straight this is a case of there were people there willing to help her I can kind of see why she went on her own because with her anxiety and perhaps it was people not recognizing that she needed her meds and perhaps maybe if somebody said, Oh, you don't have your meds. We need to get you the meds. And that would have helped. But actually, you know, I can see why. Yeah. I mean, she not only, but also, yeah, because she does, she checked herself in as chase. She actually had the thought process of not checking in as herself. I think that moment right there, her not checking herself in as herself, that is the selfish moment. That's what really tips it in really Chase's favor, because Chase is right. Gert makes him have this awful conversation with his mother, and, he, and he makes, she makes him say goodbye to his mother again.
0: And it's because she didn't have to want to have that same conversation with her own parents, because she knew it would be terrible.
1: Which led to a interesting conversation between Janet and the Yorks, and the Yorks left really dismayed that Janet didn't reach out to them initially. I thought that was going to lead to something to the final battle at the end of the episode, but it didn't. I'm wondering if it's going to linger in the future, and Michelle, you don't have to answer, but Haley, do you think there's going to be some consequences for that, or do you think that that was just a bump in the road in the episode?
0: I don't know that there's going to be consequences like between the Yorks and Janet that just in general, like all of the Pride members have kind of been doing this. You know, one of them will see their kids or some of the kids and not bring it up to the rest of the group until after it's happened. But I think between Gert and her parents, there will be because she didn't reach out to them. Like, I, I think we all kind of agree of the parents, like they're the most sympathetic. They've done the least overtly evil stuff of what we've seen so far in the show.
1: I don't know what's going to happen or not. It, if it was just a bump in the road in the episode, I'm wondering why I even have that conversation. But if it's going to come up later, then conversation is probably meaningful. So I don't know.
0: There's a lot of stuff in this show, though, that we've discussed before. Like it could go, they could pick up the pacing a lot in this show and they just drag things out.
1: Right. So I'm thinking the, these two episodes, I was in the middle of watching it going, okay, okay. I, I like the show, but you're dragging here, you're dragging here. And not being able to speed it up also is uh, a, a downside for me. We discussed that last time, but I thought that these two episodes could have been one. Now, again, the second episode here, which is where most things happen, I think you could have taken most of that and then maybe a little bit from the first episode and combine them. But that's really... The only issues that I have plot-wise is, is, is the fact that it's really slow. Other than that, it's I think it's still a good show. I mean, Haley, do you think it's still a good show?
0: I enjoy the show, but the pacing is painful.
1: Okay. So, they've stolen the computer. Alex is making it into a super-duper computer. And what exactly is his plan to use the computer? It's just to take over the vans? Is that what the computer was for?
3: No, he wanted to override the security system at the dig site and be able to basically destroy the ship and everything like from afar or to be able to just like override everything so they can like go in quick and destroy the ship. Because his plan and their plan from the beginning was to always destroy the ship. And then, you know, Gerlina comes along and tells him about I'm an alien. Their aliens, were family, and then they, they decide to try to do their version of a rescue mission.
1: Right, they change from destroy the ship to go to a rescue mission. So was the part of Alex's plan moot because of Jeffrey and what he was able to bring to uh, get them into the site then?
3: Yeah, those two things of Jeffrey going, you have no idea what you're really dealing with and Carolina convincing them to make it a rescue mission.
1: Okay, we take a departure into the Dean's and the Church of, what is it, Gaborim? Yep. And you have Leslie that came back, and Frank welcomed her in, and it seems like Leslie and Frank are a solid front at this point, which I'm wondering if that's going to hold true, because Destiny's brother comes along, and Frank, I would say accidentally, but whenever you're dealing with guns, there's some purpose with it, it kills Destiny's brother because in the scuffle. And then we don't see Frank again for the rest of the episode. That's not going to go away quickly.
3: Nope.
0: Frank's the only parent whose hands aren't dirty yet. So they had to do something about that.
1: Right. The other thing with the church that was really hilarious is when those two, I keep on forgetting their names, the two women that are Jonah's saviors. They're handing out automatic weapons to to church people. Uh, I just thought that was hilarious.
3: And with smiles on their faces.
1: <laughs> Creepy smiles on their faces. Here you go. Have a gun. Here you go. Make sure you sign for it. Uh, the other thing about the church, and I'm not sure, again, where this fits in. It was at the beginning of the second episode, uh, Last Rites, and we saw... Jonah in the tent with a younger Leslie with her father, David, who is at the end of his life. I don't know where that fit in the story. I I was a little bit confused. I mean, I'm grateful that we got the glimpse into that moment, but I'm not sure where that really fit in. Michelle, can you uh, lend any light to it?
3: Yes. First, it is supposed to help justify Leslie's argument of being taken to the Ascension. But next episode... You really find out a lot about what Jonah is and Leslie's relationship with her mother comes up in the second half of the season. I will give you that much.
1: Okay. All right. Looking forward to that. Now, we got a glimpse again from Chase from the future, whose message has not changed since we first saw it. But his dad, who is now free, he's healed now and he's out and about and he fixes the time machine and he sees the message from the future. Michelle, you had something you wanted to say about that.
3: Chase has really gone through a lot. He does miss his, you know, him and Gert have expressed missing going to school and just like assemblies and everything. And Chase had to. Say goodbye to his mother again, he saw his father. He got angry at the team for not trying to help his father. Alex did say this is Jonah Tech, and he doesn't really understand it, and they he would be afraid of doing more harm to Victor, which is a very logical explanation, and then he sees you know Victor again. And there's that whole, I need you, wait for my signal, and them working together. The things that happened to Chase in this episode have ramifications.
1: I was wondering when I saw the message again that don't pick up the Fistigons, I was wondering if that was from the original shooting incident, or if that was something that was going to happen maybe in the ultimate fight in this episode, or maybe in the future. So, I wasn't quite certain about that. If we've gotten to the point where dad don't pick up the fistagons had really manifested, I'm worried, wondering about that.
3: I think it has because the message is still the same. You know, he didn't want Victor to pick up the fistagons because then that led to him getting shot, which led to a different sort of interaction with Jonah and so on. But it seems like
0: ultimately, like everything that happened from the Fistagons, you know, his dad's okay now, better even than he was before he went into the Jonah box. So I think either there has to be more repercussions from what happened then, or it's talking about a different incident.
1: Yeah, I agree with Haley here, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. And it might not even have come up in the rest of season two, it might be something in season three or maybe season four. Who knows? There was a big fight at the end and it happened at the dig site which I believe is like the third or fourth fight that's happened at the dig site lots of rounds there and it was the CGI or the wire work or whatever they did it was just it was fun to watch the whole thing because all their powers came out and you you really saw the team Working together, which was great.
3: Yeah, you had everyone working together. Unfortunately, Olace didn't make it. Just Nico. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she was able to use the tornado feature to come up, she tried to take out Jonah. Well, she tried to destroy the ship on her own and she collapses, and mom tries to use the staff. And Robert's just like, it's hers now.
1: I was wondering about that. You know, we've talked about this before, where the staff is either owned by somebody or maybe the commands are just done forever once you use them once. And I'm still unsure about that. I, I think the intent is that the staff is really Nico's now, but could be the fact that she was trying to use the same command.
3: Well, no, she would have known that she would have had to have used a different command. She's had that staff forever. So she knew she could use the same command because it's from her. It's just the staff is just like I'm not yours anymore. I don't have to listen to you.
1: Right. Well, maybe she the staff has only been used by two people, so they haven't figured that part out yet. It could be a plot hole. I don't know. Whatever. But it was cool. It was cool that Nico tried and Nico at that point discovers that the staff has limits as to what its powers are. So I'm not sure if that comes up again in the future or not, but it's like Luke Skywalker, right? When he's trying to lift the X-Wing out of the bog and Dagobah. And then Yoda comes up later and says, uh, here, you know, I, I can do this. You, you failed because you didn't want to uh, succeed or whatever his words were, which is really bad that I'm forgetting his exact words because I've seen that movie so many times But it could be as simple as uh, Nico couldn't channel that much power in there, or literally the staff just doesn't have that much power.
0: There have to be limitations on its power, because if it can just do anything, then it's not an interesting show. I think it makes sense, because I believe we've been told that Jonah is the one that really created it. It makes sense that it wouldn't work on his ship. Hmm? Jonah
3: did not create the staff.
0: Okay. You learn more, I can't, so the reason why I didn't answer your question well, not, about- not created, but he, I believe he's the one that gave it to Tina that was they told us that in season one, I think
3: no, no, okay, it's a family thing. there's something that happens with the staff i okay,
1: I, okay. <laughs> six episodes left, okay <laughs> we, we had six episodes or three weeks left of 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 the rest of it all right, so the fight was great. you had uh, the parents and the kids working together, you had. The ship drive, I don't know, was it just something to limit the ship drive or something like that? That was thrown into it, and then Chase um, fired at it to enable it, I think. And you had Nico trying to deal with the staff and the ship and coming out. Oh man, that was just awesome watching her come up. And then it wasn't like a comic book landing, you know, the one-knee comic book landing, but it was a comic book jump or a leap
0: Yeah, her flying through the air, like, in that crouch with the staff, that looked like a frame from a comic book.
1: And she came down, and then you had Carolina, who was uh, using her light powers, and, yeah, like you said, Old Lace wasn't the only one there, but it was really a showcase of everybody, and it's arguable if they actually won or not, because, I mean, if they won, then they'd be done, and the show would be done, so... I think there's some lingering things here. And Michelle, you have a couple of things to point out that says that maybe they're not quite done with uh, poor old Jonah.
3: When the ship exploded, there were these three pink lights behind Jonah. And they do a little thing and then they fly off. And light escapes Jonah.
0: My thought was that the body that Jonah is in belonged to somebody on Earth, and the alien being that he is possessed it. Because it seemed like at the end, he didn't know who Carolina was.
1: Right before then, he said, "We're just going to have to take it all now." Yeah, that was ominous.
0: Well, yeah, it's like we're going to conquer this planet instead. Then, if we can't leave,
1: so there is more to come for from this Jonah and his family. And I don't know if Carolina knows that yet or not. And I'm wondering how that's going to affect her. Like I said, we have got six more episodes and there's enough intrigue just from that alone to carry it, especially with this show, which can put filler in left, right and backwards. I'm wondering if there's going to be another lacrosse championship.
3: Again, I'm not doing any spoilers.
1: (laughs) Okay. Oh, at the very end, Nico uses the sleep command and causes all the parents to sleep. And then the kids actually left together. I was wondering if one or more would stay behind because there were touching moments with their parents. But in the end, they know what their parents are at their core. And they know that they want to stick together as a family themselves. So I think that's really telling on um, one of the highlights of the show. There's a lot of heart between the kids and their family and i i uh saw them walk away and was like okay i, I can believe this i think this is part of this uh, storyline that uh, is well written well thought out and i get this it's not just that oh it's over and i want to be back with my parents Haley, did you buy it
0: yeah i think there's probably going to be uh some ongoing drama between carolina and nico it really stresses a relationship when you murder one of each other's parents or when one of your parents murders the other sister. Like, you know, just common relationship problems that everybody can relate to.
1: Was Nico justified in murdering Jonah? Probably. I think so. Michelle, just in on the face of this episode and the series up to this point, what do you think? Is she justified doing what she did?
3: Yes. She probably should have told Carolina.
1: That she planned to do it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because she does make it. I know Carolina. I've been lying to her. Nico was like, yes, I know you've been lying. And it was like Nico was fine with it until she learned the truth about Amy. And it's what Alex said earlier. When I told her the truth about Amy, something changed. And Carolina told Nico the truth about Amy. So something changed.
1: All right. I enjoyed getting to this point, And I'm looking forward to the next six episodes. Do you have anything else to say about this episode or these two episodes, Haley?
0: I think it's probably good that Gert and Chase aren't living in the same room anymore. I don't know if we talked about it at the time, but I think teenagers are probably not best equipped to start moving in with their boyfriends and girlfriends. Probably not a bad decision for them to find an empty
1: room. You can think about it like their freshman year in college about at this point, And I still think that's too early, but a lot of people do. Michelle, you have any last thoughts about these two episodes? No. Okay. So two weeks from now, if you're listening to us live, we will be discussing Runaways, Season 2, Episode 8 and 9, Past Life and Big Shot. If you have anything to say about that or any of the Runaways up to this point, please give us a holler and we will talk about it on a future episode. In the meantime, there is a lot, and I foot stomp a lot, of Marvel-related news this week, and we're going to cover it right now.
0: So, the big news story that we have all been talking about all week is that the deal between Sony and Marvel over Spider-Man is very much on the rocks and up in the air right now.
3: It seems like it's over. It's really interesting. It's like a he said, he said situation. Sony is saying that, oh, we wish we could have. But Kevin Feige has so much on his plate. He really doesn't want to take care of Spider-Man anymore. Or maybe Sony didn't like how much of a stake Marvel wanted. There's rumors that Marvel wanted a 50-50 split or, or now maybe 30%. Whatever it is. It's basically, it seems to be Don.
1: I disagree with Sony saying that Kevin Feige had too much on his plate and he didn't want to deal with Spider-Man anymore. I don't think that that was it at all. And that was coming from Sony. That wasn't coming from Disney. So I don't believe that part of it.
3: I think it's money.
0: I think the saddest part is we're not going to get Deadpool and Spider-Man together.
1: Until, yeah. Yeah. Because it'll be another, if, I was just thinking if Disney slash Marvel, Eventually buys the rights back to Spider Man, which could happen, could not happen, whatever. But by Sony, yeah. If that happened, well, and and I don't think you know the antitrust, whatever. I don't think that would be allowed. But if it is allowed and they actually do it, I think you're going to have a Hugh Jackman sort of thing where Tom Holland will be at the point where he'll he'll be done with the character of Spider Man, and uh, Marvel will have to recast Spider Man, and it'll be a whole new lineup at that point in time. I think Tom Holland's days with the MCU are done, which is a shame because I was looking forward to him uh, with the uh, Tony Stark's mantle being passed off to him. I think that uh, Marvel took a big risk in allowing that storyline to be part of Spider-Man far from home. And this is kind of backfiring on him a little bit. Now with that all said, the negotiations are not completely over and they could come back. They could strike a deal.
0: I honestly think there's too much money on the table for too many people for it to really be done. I think this, like the fact that it's out in the public, is just a negotiating tactic, and they're going to come together on some set of terms to keep making these movies. There's too much to lose.
1: I think the leak came from Disney's side, and I think the response from everybody was uh, largely in support of Disney. Marvel slash Disney versus Sony. And Sony tried to say, hey, look, it's not all bad on us. Look at what's out there. And I know there are some people that say, well, maybe it could be a little bit on Disney's fault. Okay. I get it. But I think in public opinion that Disney slash Marvel ended up a little bit better in the public opinion on this than Sony. I
0: think public opinion is that people want Spider Man to keep being in. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't think public opinion is necessarily with Disney because a lot of people do think Disney is getting too big and too powerful and pushing people around in the entertainment world.
1: Yeah, even Stan Lee's daughter came out with that message.
0: Uh, There's also a lot of people who aren't big fans of hers.
1: Well, we'll see what happens long term. I don't think this is the last time we've heard anything about it, but it was huge and it was a big discussion for at least three days. It went multiple news cycles, which is a big deal in comic book stuff.
0: Yeah, but the big big news is that d23 has happened there's been a lot of news about the new disney plus and the content that we're going to see there
3: we can't cover everything from d23 just brought out some major things first falcon and the winter soldier bring back familiar faces and introduce new ones um, feige didn't offer much news on loki besides introducing series director kate heron and writer Michael Waldron. There were a few casting announcements to make for the other announced series. Captain America, the Winter Soldier actress Emily Van Camp returns as S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Sharon Carter for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, while Wyatt Russell makes his MCU debut as John Walker, known to comics fans as U.S. agent. Both remain tight-lipped on details of their characters.
1: You guys know what a fanboy I am of Emily Van Camp. You? Yeah, yeah, Emily Van Camp, by the way, um, you just give me a holler and I'll be there for dinner, you know, whenever you want me. Anyway, Emily, as much as I'm a fanboy of her and as much as she can't perform on the big screen, I think her forte is the small screen. So I'm really psyched about her being on the small screen again with this series. I think it's better suited for her and her ability to work.
3: Emily, remember SP stands for Stargate Pioneer when you have to do that restraining order, just <laughs> FYI.
1: Thanks, Michelle.
3: You're welcome. Next, WandaVision has the most eclectic MCU cast. The Scarlet Witch and Vision series strange the juxtaposition of a 1950s sitcom and typical MCU adventure only grew stranger when more of the cast was revealed. In addition to a grown-up version of Monica Rambeau played by Dear White People's Tiana Paris, Kat Dennings will reprise the role of Darcy Lewis from Thor and Thor 2 with Randall Park playing Agent Kimmy Wu from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Joining as WandaVision's nosy neighbor is Katherine Hahn, which sounds extremely bewitched. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kat Dennings! All right. It is great to have her back. Oh, I missed her. Her uh, TV show, what was that? Two Broke Girls. girls. Two Broke Girls. Yeah, it it was fun while it was lasted, but uh, that show couldn't have lasted another season. And uh, I miss her from Thor, so it'll be great to see her again in WandaVision.
3: Three new Marvel shows and three new Marvel heroes are joining the MCU. They are Miss Marvel, a.k.a. Kamala Khan, Moon Knight, and She-Hawk. Miss Marvel specifically was confirmed by Feigate to eventually make her way from streaming to the films. Moon Knight focuses on a mercenary named Mark Spector, left for dead in Egypt. She-Hulk will be about Bruce Banner's cousin, Jennifer Walters, who is also a lawyer in a show, quote, unlike anything we've done before. We're getting She-Hulk. Yay.
0: So I haven't followed all of the news out of D23. Did they say anything about the creative team associated with Ms. Marvel? Not that I am aware of. Okay, because I remember Mindy Kaling and somebody else saying they wanted to be involved with the Ms. Marvel project.
3: I think they were just announced. Okay.
1: And we also had, uh, what's his name for Stranger Things? David, I can't remember his last name. Uh, He's the sheriff in Stranger Things. I haven't seen it myself, but there was a... Wasn't
0: he the new Hellboy, too?
3: Yeah. Yeah, that went well
1: right but he's listed as uh red
3: um uh, oh that's for the black widow movie
1: yeah and and that came out a little bit more they they showed like a, a screenshot or something uh which i am looking forward to seeing so yeah lots of great news out of d23 it was a major news week for marvel michelle you and i we've been hesitant about getting other streaming services right and i don't remember where you stand on this but the combo of hulu disney plus and espn which i could do without but it's looking more and more like i'm going to go ahead and snag that because of all this great stuff now none of these are like 20 episode things right they're short run series
0: right but they're not going to be on at the same time it'll be like netflix where every month there's a new one coming out so you say subscribed
1: It'll be worth it for me, especially on this podcast, so I think I'm going to go ahead and do that, but I'm still not doing CBS All Access. CBS, you're not getting me yet, even with Picard.
0: I know. There's no reason. Yeah. All right. So next uh, is is barely Marvel news, but it involves uh, one of the cast members from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it's Star Wars, which we care about a lot, too, so we're going to talk about it because it's our podcast, and we do what we want. Ming-Na Wen has joined the cast of The Mandalorian. I don't know if either of you have ever been to a convention where she was, but anytime she's on a panel or just on a stage by herself, she talks about how bad she wants to be in Star Wars.
3: And her dream is coming true. Yes, she has achieved the trifecta. She was the voice of Mulan in, an anima- in the animated film, the star of MCU's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And now she is in Star Wars. She said in a speech, please keep acquiring all these different franchises because I just keep getting employed by them. I have hit every bucket list thanks to Disney.
1: She's great. And she even mentioned something about maybe having a cameo in the live action Mulan picture that might be coming up. So, uh, Ming-Na is amazing. I'm wondering how much longer she's going to be able to work at the level that she has been working.
3: Forever? Well,
0: <laughs> well, I mean, she probably can't keep doing all the action stuff forever. Like We know she's had, a, in the last couple of years, some major injuries on the set of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but there's a lot of acting you can do that does not involve wire work and stunt work and getting shot at and swinging swords and stuff, so she's a fantastic actor without all of that.
1: And that's Pretty much what I was thinking is I don't know if she's going to be able to uh, keep up the action part of things. But, yeah, she, she's she been a great actor. So I've enjoyed seeing her and everything so far. And uh, she's one of the highlights from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: And finally, some movie news. Again, news out of D23. We have a release date for Black Panther 2. And
3: it's May 6, 2022. So everybody put it in your calendar right now. I love how Marvel is just so optimistic that there's going to be a world that they keep planning movies like for 2025. I wonder if that's what is is basically fighting off the dystopian future. Is Marvel saying no, we we will be fine because we have movies coming out. <laughs> I wonder can you pre-order your ticket now and like lock in today's ticket
0: prices for your movie in 2022?
1: That would be excellent. So, Black Widow is the next one coming out, right? May 1st, 2020? Yes. And then The Eternals in later on, November 2020. And after that, I kind of lose lock on everything. I guess May 2021, Doctor Strange. So, that's like the next three films that we've got coming up.
3: Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is definitely happening because before we came on, Nathan Fillion apparently is going to be part of it.
1: (laughs) Sweet. Uh, I wonder if he'll be uh, flying the serenity.
0: Or if he'll just be that big blue guy again. That's
1: right. So a lot of great things coming out of Marvel this past week at D23. If you, listener, have something that you want to make sure that we cover, please let us know and we'll talk about it in a future show. But we hope we've encapsulated the more important or the bigger news items, at least as it pertains to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. So with that, what we're going to do is we're going to grab our staff and we're going to fly the tornado this one out. I'm having a fun time with you ladies talking about The Runaways. So thank you very much, Michelle, for uh, placing it on the calendar to the point where we couldn't say no. I've appreciated very much to watching the series to date, and I'm looking forward to season three later this fall.
0: Yeah, Thank you, everyone who's still listening. Let us know which Marvel property you think needs to be on the calendar in the next year, and we'll do our best to accommodate you.
3: Yes, thank you to everyone who listens, um, who joins in the Discord. I didn't have time to put it in, but I know someone asked if we are covering Cloak and Dagger. And I said that that was indeed the plan to cover Cloak and Dagger.
1: It is. It's coming. Yeah, we're going to try to get to it before the crossover happens. Yeah. All right. So with that, until next time, I'm Director SP.
3: I'm Agent Haley. And I'm Agent Michelle.
1: See you guys in two weeks. Chuck Willery always said, two and two. See ya.
2: Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to Gunnageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin MacLeod, found at Incompetech.com, and also artists on Pond5.com and AudioJungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended.
0: Get one of those pods.
1: <laughs> Who are you going to sacrifice?
3: We've
0: got dozens of loyal fans. <laughs> Baker's dozens.
3: We'll do a ceremony and each one of them could be in there for three minutes. Get, get some sort of, you know. Oh, yeah. Do it Haley the right will way. will be in charge.
0: Haley will be in yeah. charge. We'll just let them know like, hey, listen, if you want a fully staffed podcast, this is what you have to do as a listener. We don't ask for money. We only ask for life force. <laughs>
1: I am like when I was growing up, and my grandparents' generation, they were still renting their telephones, you know for fifty bucks a month or whatever it was. I am mm-hmm. to that point where I still have cable, and yet the vast majority of people go to streaming services, like all my kids that have gone to college, they don't have cable, they have internet maybe if they live on their own house but largely they have streaming packages hulu or whatever they're into if they're into big brother they will have cbs or or whatever but they won't they won't ever get cable and i might just be part of that generation that's like well cable when it comes down to it is a good deal but if you can't get things from cable like doctor who for instance now is it really worth keeping might be cutting the cord sooner rather than later but now that uh, what was it net equality is uh, done for then that means that your internet provider can decide what you have access to and we're not there yet but they have the ability to shut off certain streams or devalue certain streams Mm -hmm. i don't know
0: well i mean according to people they've been doing that with netflix for a while like slowing down Mm -hmm. internet speed from netflix Netflix and then ramping up speed on things like speed test.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you think you're getting good stream and you're not. Yeah. Yeah. A little game that they play. How's the new kitty, Michelle?
3: She's doing really well. I'm having to teach her that my cord from my keyboard to my computer is not a string. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I'm, I am sure she's actually sleeping down on the box on the floor. Cool. Yeah. It, it's, only been, it's only been a week, but she's settling in. She's learning what is hers. So Good.
2: Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2019.